Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Once again, to another episode of the United States of a Movie Podcast, the movie podcast where we try to answer the unanswerable question by trying to define each state in the United States by just one movie. At least that's what we're usually doing, but this week we're doing a special. We're in a state of thanks because we wanted to figure out the best ultimate Thanksgiving movie, the ultimate American holiday, and the very same American holiday that's got me weighing 18 pounds more than I did on the last episode. <laughs> because, holy cow, guys, what is with Thanksgiving? <laughs> That being said, I couldn't get through this without my amazing co-hosts who hopefully have been gorging themselves on turkey and ham and sweet potatoes and mashed potatoes and everything else in between. Uh, Ryan Sander, welcome back to the show, buddy. Oh, so I'm so thankful to be here on many things. <laughs> I'm thankful you're here. And uh, Will Hirsch, buddy, our resident movie nerd. Welcome back, Will. Thank you for having me back. I am now more turkey than man, and I couldn't be happier. This is a fantastic <laughs> yeah. way to live. It's been, it's been oh, like, if it was, if we were doing seven deadly sins, if we were doing the seven movie, good Lord, the amount of sins that I've been committing this week. Mostly exactly what I look them, like is that them, guy. All of them. Mm. Yeah, you go, you, you go from uh, gluttony straight to sloth. It's just the two, just the <laughs> yeah. two main ones. A little bit of both, yeah. a little bit of both. And then yeah. at some point, a bit of a slut in the middle. Isn't that one of them? Mm. Isn't sluttiness one? I don't, I don't know. know. I think it's the main one. Yeah. That's what I took away from that movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, only, I only watched that movie once uh, recently, by the way, because of course yeah. the ending had been spoiled by Zeitgeist in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, that is a dark ass movie. <laughs> yeah. That's how she came up with the idea for Goop. <laughs> she lost her head about it. Just a bunch um, of dumb shit in a box. Hey, really quickly as a sidebar, let's talk about it because it's in it's on Netflix right now. Uh The Killer. Who saw The Killer? I saw The Killer. I liked it. Yeah. I saw it in the oh, uh yeah, yeah I, I told you I was telling you guys I, I went a week early, I saw it in the theater because the idea of seeing like a Fincher movie not on Netflix, I'm like, oh my god, hell yeah. And I remember leaving the theater like just kind of flummoxed. Like I, maybe I was expecting something else. Maybe it was, I was expecting more of like a John Wick type experience, but after watching it like seven more times, I fucking love it. <laughs> it's funny. Cause your review actually prevented me from seeing it. I know. And I I'm read your review. I was that. like, I'm sorry. Ah, I'll go see something else. What don't did I listen. say, yeah. Will? I said, don't let him bully don't you ever, out of watching it in the don't movie ever theater. I was just, I was bummed. I, I honestly, like I left the theater just kind of like bummed out. I was like, huh? I was like, did I not, did I not like this? But I, after, Rewatching it a, a number of times and appreciating it on a different level, I think it's a. I think it's very totally, good movie. I it's really not one of his top it. films, but it's a good movie. Yeah, well, that's hard. I mean, the thing yeah. about it is, yeah. now, he's got such a filmography that yeah, it's definitely I mean, Alien. Even 3. picking a top five, it depends on your mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I've been gagging to show misses. What about you, Will? Did you eventually watch it? Yeah, yeah. I, I checked it out and I liked it for the most part. I would still say the end yeah. left me kind of being like, "Oh, is it? 
this is it. This is okay. Yeah. So it was just kind of like it landed a little bit with a thud where I was like, all right. Yeah. But I was enjoying the, like I enjoyed the entire film. I still really liked it's it. There cool. were so many yeah. parts I laughed at and wow. we're just, Fincher doesn't usually do like scenes that are kind of just straight up comedy scenes. And of course this is a very yeah. dark <laughs> comedy, but there were definitely some shots where it were just it was so funny just because of yeah. how jarring it was. Well, it's, it's like, like what what if a modern day killer had Amazon Prime? You know, like <laughs> that blew me away. That was, <laughs> crazy. was just like, like it seems it's like so international easy. international yeah. assassinations become easier with the Amazon Prime. Yeah, hey, man. And, and get you the same day. <laughs> yeah. And, and Ollie, like we always talk about like those the movies back in the day, you'd get like a 30 minute featurette on like how they did it or how oh. they made that. And uh, now you can like go on YouTube and watch visual effects breakdowns for how they made these some of these scenes and you're just like just the the minutia he goes through to digitally remove like blinking for example or something like right. that yeah he's it's crazy really cool yeah. i heard that there were a number of vfx shots in gongo because he wasn't happy with the quality of the wig yeah. that roseman pike is wearing so in every shot they're digitally removing wig yeah. lines and stuff yeah Welcome to our David Pin- Fincher podcast, yeah. Um, yeah. the United States of David Fincher. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, they, they had to digitally shrink Ben Affleck's dick. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't fit the frame. But that's every uh, movie. Suddenly, right, right. Mrs. is going to want to watch Gone Girl when she's listening yeah. to this episode. All right, that's guys, let's get back on track. Uh, Thanksgiving. Um, yes. we, we, we picked a very, 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 very famous Thanksgiving movie which is mine, Adam's Family Values. Um, we also picked one of the most famous Thanksgiving movies. Will, what did you pick? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, that one that just kicks you right in the nads uh, and makes you want to give your family a hug. And then Ryan brought a movie to the table that has an absolutely stacked cast, directed by a very famous actress, made in 1995 that I've never heard of in my life. What is that movie, Ryan? Uh, checks notes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember. No, it's uh, Home for the Holidays. Yeah. A movie I'd never seen either. No, I think that was first time for all of us, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Regrets yeah. 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 the podcast. Yeah. I like to think, after watching that, I, I like to think this this is what happens at immediately after the ending of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It just, this <laughs> movie like, dove, <laughs> that movie dovetails right into Home for the Holidays. That would have been a way, good way to do it, actually, because I actually finished with Home for the Holidays. And, you know, it's, I had no memory of this movie, and when I finished the movie, I realized why I have no memory of this movie, because all of the pieces are there. Let me give you like a rundown. Now, if you're one of the everyone that's listening to this or watching this that's never seen Home for the Holidays, the cast, Holly Hunter, Robert Downey Jr., Dylan McDermott Mulraney, um, Anne Bancroft, Charles Denning, Steve Gutenberg, Claire Danes, and a young Adam Driver. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's like- As Robert Downey Jr., yeah, the, the cast is massive and it's directed by Jodie Foster mm-hmm. and so I was like what wait what because I love Holly Hunter and I love Robert Downey Jr and I'm like I was like okay this sounds like this sounds like sh- shenanigans that there were shenanigans but eh. they weren't they weren't so shenanigany they were just kind of just tepid family yeah just tepid family musings and such nothing like nothing really happens in this movie that's that's <laughs> kind of it, right? So yeah. I'll give you. Like, let, let's just jump into Home for the Holidays. Let's get this out of the way. This, oh, out, this of the out of the way before we can get to the turkey and the ham and the mashed potatoes of the other movies. Yeah. Um, but it's the cranberry sauce of the movies. This is right. yeah. This is and it came out of a can. Uh, well, hang, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. That's the best form of cranberries. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, that's what I'm drinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just drinking gravy, right? <laughs> so yeah, delicious. 
<laughs> um, Holly Hunter, adorable, at her best in many yeah. ways, gorgeous Holly Hunter in this movie, plays yes. Claudia Larson. Um, a single mother who's just been fired for her, from her job that brings her so much joy. She's basically an art restoration person. The credits went way too long on yeah. the art restoration. Yeah. I was like, halfway through any the other yeah. visual way of doing it, Jody. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah. I was sick and tired. Like, we're getting to edited by, and I'm like, we're just looking at a brush for two and a half minutes. I'm like, come and on. She's, she's painting with uh, egg yolk. Like, yeah. she's, I think she she's a restoration. She's a. Uh, Restoration artist, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that. that she's also weird things yeah. you learn from doing right. She is time. also an artist, but we'll get to that later. She is she though, but she is also. Um, so she decides to fly from Chicago to spend Thanksgiving in Baltimore with her parents, played by uh, Anne Bancroft, Charles Durning. Um, while she's getting fired by that guy from that, he's from from Short Circuit. Short Circuit, exactly. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. The older guy from Short Circuit. I need the stat. That guy that says stat. Yeah. She so you've got him and Gutenberg in this movie. Yeah. It's oh, a Short Circuit if, reunion. Yeah. If only Johnny Five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if anybody is watching us on YouTube right now, for some reason, a bunch of balloons just went through. Right? Hey. I don't know why. You mentioned the Goot. You got to have a celebration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What was I talking about? Anyway, if, yeah, if Johnny Five had turned up, um, and just oh, it would have been, been such a it would have been a much better film let's be yeah. honest input oh, needing input um but just as uh she's going home yeah so she makes out with the guy from short circuit for never really explain reasons or who went in to kiss each other or why yeah that was uh i don't know if she was trying to save her job or she's just an emotional wreck at that moment but it was a bizarre choice I mean, she was coming off that paint restoration, like, you know, it was like a very satisfied woman already, you know, <laughs> yeah. so she yeah. was, it made me want to start restoring paintings. I mean, <laughs> she slid right off that chair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Will, if you want to take care of that, just go and watch uh, Ghostbusters 2 and that'll take care of yeah. the art restoration. <laughs> yeah, the, that bug. V I know an, another... Another way to improve this movie, that quick cut to her just re restoring Vigo. <laughs> <laughs> Great one, 100%. Um, yeah, so that's the thing. So then just as she's getting dropped off at the airport by her 16-year-old daughter, Claire Danes, Claire Danes drops the hammer of, oh, by the way, mom, I'm going to go to Bone Town with my boyfriend, have a nice trip. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that Holly Hunter had her when she was 16 or 17 herself. Yeah. So again, you'd think this would be kind of setting stuff up. Uh, guys... We're setting you guys up with plot in the movie that doesn't really matter or pay off in any way, does it? No. Yeah. But much like any, you know, family Thanksgiving, it's family thing, like the, 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 the dysfunctional dinner, so to speak. You have all of the pieces there, yeah. but none of it really matters. There's no like weight to it. You know, it just kind of happens. There were there were other things I noticed that felt like maybe there were a setup or it was supposed to be like a repeating theme that the egg yolks were like had shown up twice. And I was waiting for there to be some thing because like not only is it in the paint restoration, but then later when they're cooking in the kitchen, there's like egg yolk that gets on the floor and stuff. And I was like, the OK, there's going to be something with this. There is one connection. Um, and that is the production company being egg pictures. That is the only thing that I could think of. To get because mm -hmm. it's like because that's it. Any other well, thing? There, there you go. What more do you okay. need? Right. Mystery solved. They're gonna love this <laughs> joke. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. gonna love Hilarious. this. Hilarious. Cracked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like she's a little bit, you know, 
off because she's just lost her job and her daughter is going to bone town. So she calls the answering machine that we discover of a brother, some mystical brother, and she kind of breaks down, has a bit of a cry, confesses everything, and just on the airplane. This is back when there was telephones in the back seat of the airplane. Yeah, that call costs seventy five dollars. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, it's like she needs her brother to be there for emotional support. Well, it turns out that her brother is kind of a dick, actually. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, the the introduction to her brother and uh, his friend is truly bizarre because yep. it's the first night there. You know, she's getting settled. She's in a room. Well, parents are asleep. You get that that classic shot of the father waking up in the middle of the night to sneak some uh, some pie. some pumpkin pies. Such my stepdad would do that and still does that all the time. It's hysterical. But then you get Robert Downey Jr. and Dylan McDermott Mulroney rolling up in their the loudest car you could possibly drive in with yeah. what seems to be night vision goggles. Yes, for some reason, night vision goggles like, and a like the sharper car. image, like consumer brand. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not the military grade. And it's unclear. Like, oh my God, is this is like, oh cool, something else is gonna happen. Like they're breaking into this house. But no, it turns out it's her brother who likes to take Polaroid pictures of her in bed. Yep. And I'll push and, her. And naked pictures yeah. of her. Yeah. Yes. yes. And naked pictures. That's right. Yeah. Naked pictures when she's in the shower. Yeah. Because so he's a weird. 90s scallywag homosexual. And the dad, like, boy, oh boy, does he play that cliche, you yeah. know, like sort of right down the middle. I mean, it, it comes across, and, and this is going to sound strange, but it comes across like, the actor was on a lot of heroin during the time. I know that seems like that's an mm. impossibility, but that's that's just the vibe I got. Yeah, that's it's a fair, fair point. Yeah. And I will say that, so so the Robert Downey Jr. turns up as Tommy, and Tommy has his friend, Leo Fish, played by Dermot Dirk Mulroney, Dylan McDermott Mulroney, mm-hmm. uh, and um, the guy with the blue eyes. Uh, <laughs> and he's a total smoke show, absolutely. Um, who doesn't want to jump him? Um, again, we are the, the the gayest straight podcast of when it comes to music because we do we do like that's our promise out. to you at home. Yeah, very very sexy guys. Like we were well, always because without that, there's no other reason to watch this movie. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you're not yeah. wrong. Um, so. Robert Downey Jr. turns up with this guy, Leo Fish. Now, I've said Robert Downey Jr. is gay. Um, and so she's like, a lot of people are concerned as to where Jack is. Jack being Robert Downey Jr.'s long-term boyfriend. And now he's turning up to Thanksgiving with this other guy, mm-hmm. um, which sets up this whole... And it's, I will agree, confusing. You are, even as a viewer, confused as to, okay, what is this going? What's the relationship between these people kind of thing? Um, and then you've also got uh, Crazy Aunt Gladys, played by Geraldine Chaplin, um, who sets up one of the weirdest parts of the movie. Oh, my God. Um, and then we also have Steve Gutenberg um, playing the brother-in-law because there's Cynthia, um, the other... Cynthia plays uh, Joanne, the other sister. Cynthia Stevenson plays the other mm-hmm. sister who's, like, like super conservative, buttoned-up, religious, judgmental. Again, it's just a bunch of, bunch of cliches sitting around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I say this, like... But I, I will say that... I think I would have enjoyed this movie as a stage play because in every way it feels like a play. And I texted, I think you guys halfway through the movie and I was like, it doesn't surprise me that an actor, Jodie Foster would want to make this movie. And I bet once they all read the script, they're like, Oh, there's so much we can get into. And I can just see Jodie Foster at rehearsals, telling everyone to swing for the fences, swing for the fences, act the shit out of it. And that's what they're doing. And they're they all, do, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, do. they are. Yeah. But they're all, but it's almost self-indulgent. It's almost like there hasn't been a no 
given to them in notes. It's all been yes, yeah. yes, use it, do it. Well, even advice, go even, there. Even all the breaks, they they're each scene is almost like a small vignette in its own yeah. way. So it does make perfect sense. Like yeah, I was there are title about, breaks. Yeah, the Frasier style like breaks yeah. that they would have. Was, yeah. I was just like, what's the point of of this? The, do they just see clerks or something? And they were like, oh, I've got it. I know what our yeah, no, narrative that, device is going to be. It was a strange choice, wasn't it? It's like, so it's, yeah, it's broken up to like six chapters, but it's like, it's not. Oh, like, but when the killer does it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but, right. And I say, but it's not like when Tarantino does it as well. It was more yeah. just like you're reading a book and it's just the name of the chapter. Mm-hmm. You know, re- oh, relatives, yeah. more relatives. Or, you know, it's like, I didn't yeah. get it. It's, that's the thing is like, it, this movie. You know, like we're all saying is a lot happens and then some great acting, but it's almost like everyone had, all right, you're going to get eight minutes of acting and you're going to eight minutes of acting. Everyone's going to get their moment. Everyone's going to get their scene. Every so like usually you'd have three main characters and then the other characters would kind of be in the background. It was kind of like just having nine main characters all at the same time. I had to watch this movie in two parts because one, I really wasn't paying attention because it's just like I said, nothing really it all kind of, it doesn't even like boil to a head. It's just, it's just a very tepid film. Mm-hmm. So I had to like, I, I, I had people over and I'm watching it at like the Thanksgiving dinner scene. And I'm like, hang on, I should probably rewind and watch this to pay attention for this podcast. <laughs> so I did. I, it just took me a, a, a long time to get back and get, get back into it. And I'm like, cause that scene is insane. Yeah. It's so yeah. fucking bonkers. And it's so like, so much is happening, but also nothing is happening. You got Robert Downey. They, they 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 each decide they have to both both. Uh, I think the sister makes her own turkey. The mother makes her turkey her way. The father he's got to cut the turkey, but he's kind of got some shit going on. Wrist, and then his he, wrists, so yeah. And then Downey Junior starts doing it with, and it's not like an electric carver. He's just like really hacking at it. Like everyone's having conversations over one another. That's the one yeah. thing that felt real, very realistic. Was the dialogue was it felt real. Yeah, Steve um, Gutenberg's doing like a soliloquy and no one's listening to him. Yeah. And it keeps cutting back to him while he's talking about, you know, like whatever it is, it's the people, the government, social, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And then you've got everything else going on. You've got the interplay between the brother and sister. You've got the dad. You've got the, it's, again, but it, it didn't work no. it, 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 for me. That's the thing. It's no, like, right, I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm watching this movie and I'm texting you guys and I'm like, Oh wait! I should be watching this movie, but I, it, yeah. it doesn't. I don't want to watch this movie. This yeah. movie, there's there, not much. There's no, there's no like, there's no stakes. You'd think like the fact that her brother being gay in the '90s would be like a massive deal, but it kind of isn't. Which I guess yeah. is refreshing to say. But you'd think there would be like more drama between these characters, and I think the only characters that have like a lot of drama are Holly Hunter and her sister, right? And then like, Robert Downey Jr. and that same sister, because because like. Yeah. As much as I like RDJ and I find him super charming in his character, but I, I was constantly like, dude, you're just shit stirring. You're just yeah. you're causing trouble. You're yeah, being a dick. Yeah. You know, he's the younger brother, you know? He's, yeah, no, but I was like, oh, yeah, you're just being a dick. The thing about it is, I was thinking, because, yeah, it does come out. So it turns out that Dylan McDermott Mulroney, again, wow, literally, you've ruined this for me now. Um, Leo Fish. I've enhanced this for you. <laughs> yeah. Isn't Robert Downey Jr.'s like boyfriend? It turns out that no, he brought him along um, to see Holly Hunter. Like, you know, maybe, would yeah. you like to bone my sister? Um, so there's a kind of like, um, well, I would say there's a will they, won't they, but it's like, it's more like, do we even care? And then they just don't. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's, it's weird. It's, she's like, yeah. I really, she's like, I really shouldn't. He's like, okay. 
Yeah. And then like right at the very last second, he just gets on the plane. I couldn't be less interested in their story. Yeah. yeah. You know, but like you were saying, is the instead of the sort of the gay angle being played up for wow, it's done right. in a very just who cares kind of way. Um, and then even the dad is like, you know, he finds out that RDJ has secretly got off and got married um, to, to Jack. Um, and so I think the only sort of slight sort of joke about it was, oh, so who was... Did you wear a dress? Did you wear a dress? Yeah. yeah the mum was sort like, of like, wear? sort of like that Gene Hackman level of, uh, yeah, of just not knowing that the Mother Coleman was a woman. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of like right. blissful unawareness. <laughs> it's kind of charming, but then you realize like, oh, he's kind of losing his marbles. But I, we got to talk about <clears throat> the aunt and her insane <laughs> tirade. Yeah, and just clugging some wine. That was and then singing in the whole movie. That is the only real thing that I remember or was yeah. even interested in. It's the only sort of moment of, oh, and then it just kind of gets brushed over like and pushed into the background again. So the bit that, that Ryan is talking about is um, the crazy aunt, uh, Aunt Gladys. Um, she has been showing signs of dementia uh, in the movie and she gets up. Says she's thankful for, chugs this wine, like chugs oh, it. <clears throat> yeah, and, like a heavy glass of white wine. Yeah, I knew. I mean, you were like, oh, wow, that's going to feel bad later. Um, and she sort of talks about Charles Durning. So basically um, her sister's husband about how 40 years before they had kissed and about how she'd been in love with him forever. But it's done in a kind of sweet way. It's done in a bit of a crazy way. The whole table is like, no, no, I think you should get this out. She talks about this one tiny kiss that they had and it tickled her like, you know, the lip with the mustache. Yeah, the mustache, yeah. And then, and then the mum, the wife sort of accepts it but walks out and deals with it. And then again, there's no like thing. There's no outcome. There's no... Well, well then she kisses him again when they all leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> but still, it's bizarre. And then the mother goes into like her secret hide a hole Pantry, which is super cool. It's in like a hidden thing. I'm like, yeah, I like that. They press the wall and it opens up. Yeah, everyone's smoking cigarettes. Yes, her wig is all fucked up. It's the movie is it's insane. I'm saying it like like if it would have had a laugh track, it would have been better. Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's weird because we. um, It reminds me a little bit of like the kind of movies Linklater makes um, in that you know. If you, uh, if you look at Daisy Confused, that also does not really have a plot. It's really just a slice of life. It's a lot of vignettes and it's an ensemble yeah. cast. But why is that one so much more memorable than this? Because it's a yeah. similar approach. Right. Same as everybody which wants. Which doesn't them, land. Which is another link later. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. just, there's just no, there's no sort of charm to it. I mean, they all, I mean, the thing is, you're, that's a really good one, Will. Like, because it is, you know, link letter does do this, but that sort of conversational friendliness that, that, that kind of exists, that like there's almost no script to it. Yeah. This one felt like it was almost too scripted. Like I said, it's that maybe yeah. it's that actors acting, doing their acting moment. Whereas like with Linklater, it's almost like no one's acting. Everyone's just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. There's an yeah. authenticity. Yeah. There's an authenticity to like the before trilogy, which I think is like one of some of the best movies ever made. There's like an effortlessness and yeah, it feels so real. And this almost feels just too contrived. Like there's too many wacky characters for there to be like no outcome mm. to any of it. I think you, Ollie, you definitely have the nail on the head. This absolutely feels way more like a stage play than it does a film. You yeah. Know, you know? But even in the way it's shot, I mean, like you're saying, like Ryan, that if you, once you set up the Thanksgiving at all in this house, you just need to have 
on a set just four places for these things to happen and that's where they do happen it's like it's it's there's almost nothing to the movie which is and like a 20 million dollar movie it's probably just for the acting it's all actors pay yeah. so um, robert downey jr's drug addiction <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then they were trying to do something i guess robert <clears throat> was, was trying to do something because at the end of the movie we get all these sort of little things of like we're playing out the moments in people's heads their favorite thanksgiving moment you see the moment of the kiss with the the aunt and the uncle we see the moment of you know well again i'm trying to reference them but some of them are so forgetful but i was watching this going i guess i'm supposed to be feeling something here yeah and all i was sort of feeling was is this movie boredom yeah, yeah. it's like are yeah. the credits going to god yeah and, it, and the ending it's so anticlimactic like it's the classic tale of the the brother brings his friend home and you know holly hunters she's she's available and they have this will they won't they and then they end up yes but it's just so like bland it's like the ending of the thomas crown affair right she gets on the plane and then suddenly there's the guy as well and you're supposed to feel something and you don't you don't feel anything you don't really care about holly hunter you do care about dylan mcdermott maureen's blue eyes and then the credits roll and you're like oh i'm going to text ryan <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and i'll never way, forgive was- you for this <laughs> This was a this was such a pre 9-11 movie because I was watching it just being like, oh, you can't bring orange yeah. juice and a lamp onto a plane. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> they, would, they would have arrested and tased you eight times over. Yeah, you, even about? watching Plane Trains, I was like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. of course. This is yes. so, so pre 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also at the same time, like, I was thinking that, that Robert Downey Jr.'s character, as well as going to get to, I think, I think, I don't don't quote me on this, Jodie Foster. But I have been in a Jodie Foster directed movie, just FYI, uh, with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. I was in that movie, um, Money. What's it called? I can't remember. Money Plane. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Money Plane. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it was Money Monster. I was uh, yes. playing myself. Um, funnily enough, Money. so as someone who's worked with Jodie Foster as my director um, in movies i can say this um but i feel like robert downey jr was kind of because you know like jodie foster was wasn't out at this point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i feel like robert downey jr and the acceptance that he has and the work you know in the family and the way it's just played as no big deal i think is a bit of jodie foster like i'm wondering how much of her is like this like i know she this is like her movie how much of her experiences are are yeah. these experiences, you know? So that's why I think, because this was like, it went probably went surprising because considering there's no plot, but it was based off a yeah. short story. <laughs> no. I wouldn't be surprised if it was based off a novella. Um, but yeah, like like you were saying, Will, Robert Downey Jr. has publicly admitted to using heroin during the making of that film. Um, and like, I was reading this, Jodie Foster wrote him a letter praising his work, but warning him he shouldn't probably do that in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd say good advice, yeah. Yeah. Um, and to, to his credit, he, he hasn't. So, yeah, no, to his credit, the and, guy definitely figured it out and became yeah. the highest paid guy in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. And he's great. And like all the performances are good. Like he is fantastic in it. It's just, I it's, don't. It's hard watching this movie. His character. It's, it's hard watching him in this movie knowing that now. Like, yes. And that's all. It's really all you can see, like his manic, his movements, his behaviors. Is they don't seem like character choices. They just seem like him kind of being right a little bit. But it kind of works for the scheme of the movie. But and if that's that's the one compliment we've been able to give this movie that Robert Downey Jr. even on heroin is able to make it work. (laughs) That's testament to how talented he is. I mean, just look at Oppenheimer. (laughs) He's on bath salts that whole movie. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's well acted. Um, I just nothing about the story. It's got some interesting cinematography choices. There are interesting like push-ins and camera movements, but nothing that makes me be like, oh wow, this is like a visionary director. It just feels more like stuff that they've tried on the day. Yeah, and then we're like, yeah, that works. It's it's interesting because a lot of people kind of like we're saying is it's just it does just play out like a Thanksgiving. You know, reviews are actually not bad. It's got like sixty four percent. It's like. People like oh, Robert, Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars. They're saying it's become somewhat of a cult classic in recent years. I'm like, no. But this last run, I was reading a warm, messy comedy about how warm and messy family can be. It doesn't really tell a story so much as chronicle a sequence of events. You know, and I'm like, that's a pretty, pretty good way. It's of spot on. It. Yeah. I would it's never a, it's a slice of life movie again. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. they're all little vignettes. None of them are great, but none of them, none of them are bad. It's not a bad movie by any means. No, I and I think I think if you're somebody who watches movies because you like movies about messy people and stuff, if that's like your thing, sure, this movie I'm not one of them, so it it doesn't appeal to me. But uh, you could do worse. I've seen worse, and you could do worse. There are better dysfunctional family comedies. I'm sure you could watch. Yeah, yeah. That's probably um, but uh, what was the, the there's the scene early on in the movie when uh, her mom has her check on like the water heater. And there's a repairman in there. I can't remember his name. The guy, the guy from Riverwild. David Strathairn. David Strathairn. Yeah. Yes. Who plays yeah. the most depressing fucking character? <laughs> that was the one funny part in my life. That yeah. Was... And even because even Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Dylan McDermott Mulroney are on the other on the other side of the the divider, like pretending to chop sing the sing. Just he's like, oh, he's such a fucking sad sack. And then he launches into this whole thing, and he's like. <laughs> Uh, if I never see you again, have a have a nice life. And it's just I'm like, whoa, what the? Yeah, is this guy gonna kill himself? It, yeah, <laughs> and it was actually funny. Okay, that's yeah. one part because mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, everybody's left me, and the, like his dogs died or whatever. It's like it's just everything in this guy's life is gone. everything. Oh my, he's like, yeah, well, my once my parents died, it's like it that's really. Right. I mean, it's everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, once my parents left me, um, but it was in a car wreck, so they both went at the same time, and you're just like, what? <laughs> just yeah. Just it's so comedically depressing. Or yeah, just, and she's like, like an okay, okay, bye. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, fun, fundamentally, um, weird movie. Uh, lots of yeah. pieces, lots of great pieces. None of it really fits together. Which is the complete opposite to be said for the most dysfunctional, functional family in the three movies that we're going to talk about, where a whole bunch of pieces are brought together and it creates magic. Let's talk about Adam's Family Values from 1993, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. You know that name. He went on to direct all the Men in Black movies as well. Had that same sort of feeling. You've got the incredible cast. Angelica Houston, Raul Julia, Christopher Lloyd, Joan Cusack, killing it in this movie. Christina Uh. Ritchie, Carol Kane. I mean, this movie wasn't even, like, close. As soon as I said Thanksgiving, Mrs. knew where I was going. This is her Thanksgiving movie. This movie is awesome it's so funny to me that this always pops up in the list of like top thanksgiving movies but it's just the one scene at the camp it's the one and one it, iconic scene though it is I, I granted but but i it's for me to consider this a thanksgiving movie just based on that scene granted it does it does mark the entire history of thanksgiving all of it <laughs> period <laughs> yes, period accurate period accurate yes yeah. and it's got you know, Pugsley is a giant turkey saying, eat me. Fantastic. <laughs> I love this movie so goddamn much. I fucking love it. This and movie, that's what it's being privileged uh, is all about. Oh, God. <laughs> God, it's so good. But I was saying. Speaking, speaking of Vigo the Carpathian. <laughs> <it's> got, <laughs> 
I would say that this movie、um, is very Thanksgiving because it's it's about a family. It's about a great Thanksgiving twist, which is someone from the family bringing someone from the outside into the family. That being Joan Cusack. Who you know is getting with Fester? There being some family drama、uh, and things going on with that, and then it all kind of coming back together and one big happy family at the end.、Um, you know what else is Thanksgiving about, really? And、uh, one of the children dressed up as a giant turkey saying "Eat me." I mean, what is more of Thanksgiving than that? Yeah, summer camps,、so、all the classic. This I, I haven't I haven't seen this in a while because I'd seen it so so many times. And and fun fact, this is. One of the rare instances where I'd seen the first Adams Family first and then the sequel. You wild man! Do you yeah, watch these、crazy. in order? But I only had the soundtrack on cassette for this one, <laughs> because I, for whatever reason, I was obsessed with the MC Hammer song, <laughs> as you should be. Which absolute banger!、Um, man, this I hadn't seen it for like, and and you know, you watch this movie when you're younger. Now that you're you're older, you watch it with different eyes, and you catch so many more jokes and gags and bits. I mean. Every line in this movie is such is hysterical. It is so quotable.、Yeah. It is、yeah. so quotable. My give me a kiss. Or- give me a twenty. <laughs> It's like I'll play the victim all your life. Your life. <laughs>、um, Ooh, isn't he a lady killer? Acquitted. Yeah, acquitted. acquitted. <laughs> so good. It's great. I'm, I'm a, it, it's so. It's. I was literally. I was reading this thing, and people were asking, like, if you're an, if you're home alone, alone watching a movie like a comedy. Do you actually laugh out loud? And watching this and playing trains and automobiles, absolutely yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. But cackling at this movie, it's so funny. It's、yeah. it's crazy to me as well because the way it works. I mean, they've done Adam's Family stuff like that. But I remember in the UK when Adam's Family, the first one, was coming out, there was a sense of excitement because even among people my age and younger, it was weird. But Adam's Family was always on. On BBC Two, the the black and white sort of like comedy from back in the day would come on in the afternoon or in the like you know just after school, and you'd watch Adam's Family, and it was funny. You know, there was the Adam's Family, and there was the Munsters, right? Monsters, and it was like、yeah. you know, but to me, they both were fun. They both cracked me up. And so when they were like, "Oh, we're making Adam's Family into a movie," everyone was like, "Oh yeah," which is crazy to think. I mean, like it's、yeah. it's like it's not bringing- like a. Yeah, it's not an insanely popular franchise that they're like we got to bring. But now, I mean, you have the Wednesday Show on Netflix, and I, I guess it's relevant again. I don't know. Well, it's and they made the anime. I mean, that's the thing though. I was sitting、okay. there going, "Wow, I can't believe that." You know, we've got a sequel to the Adams Family, which is based off a black and white situation comedy that's been showing in syndication in America and the UK. It goes on to make 111 million dollars in 1993. Yeah, it's, it's just、uh, it's crazy. It's wild. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it kind of nutty, but you know, there's something, there's something that's just endearing about the Adams family, and I think it's because somebody said it once, one time. It's they're a family that actually does love each other, and there's something about like the fact that even they are these like goofy, like you know, Halloween caricatures. The fact that they all are a family, like because、yeah. monsters you brought up. I think I've seen maybe an episode of that. I just I don't know. That to me, that just never stuck with me. That just always felt dumb and stupid. But not, they're not horny enough. <laughs> definitely not horny enough. Yeah.、Um, I, there's just something about the Adams family to where it's just like I think it's just an endearing idea.、Yeah. You know, and they're all such just, memorable characters too. I mean, you have、yeah. like 
every single one of them is so iconic. And I love the callbacks to the first film when uh, I forget her name. She shows up with cousin it and she's got a little baby and it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> like a clump of hair. I always loved cousin it when I watched the yeah. show. Um, but yeah, kind of like you're saying is, uh, yeah, they're a very positive family. Like um, Angelica Houston and Raul Julia, um, Morticia and um, what's his face? Sorry. Gomez. Gomez and Morticia. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just like, you know, they're they're a horny middle-aged couple that love each other and love to fuck. You know? Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I'm going to have a baby now. Yeah. 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 I just love it. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's every every line of this movie is so perfectly done. It's like, like, delivered. Mrs. Adams, we needed to push. And she's like, eh. <laughs> she's like do you want a sedative she's like no but maybe ask the, but do ask the children <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could sit here all day and quote this fucking yeah, movie yeah, yeah, any opportunity for a gag this movie takes it yeah. and thank god visual or other like and mm. i was worried like some of the visual stuff wouldn't hold up i remember when this had come out like uh thing skateboarding on the roller skate that was like such a big like visual thing for them to do for this and mm. uh they and then still look good was, it's great yeah yeah great it looks. I guess, I guess invented the tech deck like that we all had like in like junior high. <laughs> yeah. So just, they gave those people the idea. Yeah, they should all cut their hands off. Um, <laughs> so the the plot of this movie, because um, um, it actually has a plot, unlike the previous movie we were talking about. Um, but essentially, is that the Adamses have a third child? Um, they wanted to give him a name that's really going to help him in future life. They name him Hubert. Hubert. Um, he's born with his little mustache and everything. He's like, uh, it's amazing. So what happens is um, Wednesday and Pugsley, uh, the other children, Christina Ritchie and uh, Jimmy Workman, um, have a bit of sibling rivalry and try to murder the baby in a number of hilarious ways. I, the, um, the, one of the lines, I'm sorry, it sticks out. She goes, he has, his, he, he has your father, he has my father's yeah. eyes. She's like, Gomez, take those out of his mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love this I love it I had such a blast watching this movie they yeah. come so quickly it's like yeah. any little line is a setup to an immediate payoff yeah. joke that they again like you're saying it's, it it's is like, like a, a David Zucker gun. film like a police squad or something it is like blink and you'll miss it every line is hysterical and also just played perfectly you know, mm-hmm. that's the thing. This movie, and so it's also because it's got such great production design. Yeah, it's almost like they took all the best of Tim Burton without letting Tim Burton be all Tim yeah. Burton about. And that's what I was wondering if, because I, I didn't do enough research on the original film, but it seemed like they wanted Tim Burton to direct it, and he's like, "No, I, I'm going to do." I don't know what he was doing at the time, but he's like, "Use my cinematographer, um, Barry Sonnenfeld. He'll do it." And then, so uh, growing up all my life, I had just a thought that Adam's family was a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like it. Yeah. I mean, it so really the does. second one, you, you've just got, yeah. it's like this, the, the, the only thing that's missing is Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then it'd sure. be a Tim Burton movie. But unfortunately, God they're not in it. <laughs> we get Raul Julia, who this is his last movie during his lifetime. He did appear posthumously in uh, Street Fighter, which, okay. The greatest movie ever made. But uh, hey, he still swings for the fences in that one. But I think, I mean, he's such an amazing so actor, goodness. but him as Gomez in the first and second movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's iconic. Is, yeah, it's yeah. either, you only know him as that or M. Bison, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's he's an incredible actor. I mean, you know, Kiss of the Spider Woman and things like that, like he, he is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it's just anytime I think of him, it, it's this like role. It's him as Gomez Adams. Yeah, I love Street Fighter just because it's a campy, great time. Um, but this is the role I think of, and it's oh, yeah. such a shame 
that he passed away so young. Yeah. It's, it's actually, so- I mean, if you think about it, considering how stacked the cast is, for a lot of them, if I think Angelica Houston, I think Morticia. I also think the witches, but I the witches, think, yeah. You know, it's I'll go with yeah. Morticia. If you think Carol Kane, you know, you think about if Christopher yeah, and Lloyd, she. I forgot she wasn't the grandma, and she wasn't Mama in the in the first one. I think they brought her on for this. Was a different she actor, a di- yeah, a different actor played her in the the original. I'm going. Uh, that could be. I was going to sure. say we all know her from everyone. Say it with me: Star yeah, Trek Strange New Worlds. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Yeah, <laughs> I love Carol Kane. She's such a she's such the perfect fit for Grandma in this movie mm-hmm. as just a, a grotesque. She's like that takes me back. Her, her little lines here and there. It's so good. Yeah, yeah I didn't see her in the first one. Good call. Yeah. Um, but then you've also got, I mean, Christina Ritchie. I mean, yeah. as Wednesday. I mean, it's almost the movie that made David Crumholtz. <laughs> David Crum, I love Crumholtz in this. I love Crumholtz. Another Oppenheimer star. The Oppenheimer crossover continues. Um, It's like it's almost like everyone in the cast except for Pugsley, kind of is a legend, you know. And Pugsley's like, no, there's no criticism to that actor or or like or his character. It's just you're you're in this just superstars, like pretty much, and they're all crushing it, like crushing it. I I cannot get enough of of Wednesday and Pugsy at summer camp. Yeah. That, yeah. That whole just bright, colorful, waspy, just blonde girls. And, and like, every, yeah. everyone is blonde and blue eyed. And when yeah. they're going through and she's reading off the names of like the, the not, the, the not selected children. She's like, yeah, Jamal, Jamal. <laughs> oh my, it's so troubling. It's like the Indian kid, the kid with the glasses, the black kid, the kid in the wheelchair. And she's <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, <laughs> And the Adams is God. because uh, I can't. I just again, it's so quotable. You got um, Peter McNichol and Christine Baranski Fantastic. as Gary and Becky mm. Martin Granger. Callback okay. from uh, him as uh, the partner in Stone Cold. <laughs> 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 a lot of callbacks in this. A lot of callbacks. We're here Peter to McNichol. Uh, learn. We're here to grow, and it's like that's what being privileged is all about. I just this oh delivery God. of that is <laughs> so majestic. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and I went. I went to a, a a sleepaway camp for many years when I was a kid. I'm sure I brought that up here, but it's exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> Christina Ricci there because that, that those were the summer camps I was. Trying. What do you think kept me going back? <laughs> <laughs> my forever crush, Christina Ricci. The and again, my only criticism for the Wednesday show should have made her Morticia because that would have been the hottest thing in the whole world and uh, would have been the best TV show ever made at that point. I enjoyed that show. I'm going to say I'm it's cute. It's true. fun. I'm not going to watch it again. Not, not for me. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so the, the, the bit that the absolute reason that many people, including myself and my wife, consider this a Thanksgiving movie is the best part is Gary likes to put on Peter McNichol likes to put on a play. And of course, like sort of Ryan was saying, all of the lead characters and the pilgrims, all the blonde girls, the waspy girls and all like, you know, that's like the hoits of the world. And then the, the natives are played by all of the camp rejects. Um, but at this point, they've been trying to break out. So David Crumholtz and Christina Ritchie have been kind of bonding over their mutual weirdness um, and have tried to sort of like escape the prison camp. And I like the whole, you know, like searchlight. The shit bit like when that, they, they, they put them in like the, 
the shame cabin <laughs> and yeah. David Krumholtz shows up and he's reading, um, oh my God, it's a Stephen Haw- I think the Stephen Hawking book. Yeah, it's like, he's like, I just wanted to read. He like, Peter Mayfield busts back in. He's like, not on my watch, nerd. He grabs yeah. the <laughs> then Krumholtz like looks around in this terror and it shows like a poster of Michael Jackson next to We Are the World. And he lets out this bellowing scream that is so prescient and it was so appropriate for the time like oh my god i love it was this movie supposed so much. to be involved in this movie for a song or something like that but there was some sort of legal issue it wasn't that legal issue he played he played no. cousin he played cousin it <laughs> perfect absolutely nailed it uh yeah that they um they basically try to reprogram wednesday and pugsy and Krumholtz with the power of disney forced them yeah. to watch disney movies and it's like the look on Christina Ricci's like yeah her face yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> and then they do a later on with the kumbaya thing and she's just like trying to get the, get to the fence and just yeah <laughs> and so and what's crazy is at that Thanksgiving scene is her like her um her cadence and her line delivery changes so dramatically yeah. and she really puts that on it's very jarring I'm Pocahontas a Chippewa native. Yeah, it's basically it's crazy. They come out of the Disney hut, and after six hours of Disney torture, she comes out, and the way, just the acting of her going from Wednesday to smiling, yeah, is like you genuinely believe she's never used these muscles in yeah. her. Face Even the, like re- the reaction shot of the, the other kids are just in horror. Like they're <laughs> yeah, like, I don't like oh, it, Gary. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it sets so up the absolute just majestic moment the bit that is always so funny to me when suddenly like ryan's saying wednesday twists and suddenly she's wednesday again and she goes you know pocahontas for the what you've done to our people you know we can't wait i cannot break bread with you <laughs> and suddenly carrie like, what are you doing they attack and you've got and my favorite bit is like the bit where the kid in the wheelchair is like wrapping them up with rope by driving around them and stuff like yeah. that <laughs> and that girl who plays that uh, what's her name is her amanda, amanda? buckman she's the Girl Scout in the first Adam yes. Sandler film, right? Yes. Good call. I don't know if she's, playing, I know if she's the same person. She's the same character. <laughs> I always thought that was the implication is she was yeah, the same character. Right? But, well, but for no reason. It didn't, it didn't matter. It, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You get, like, fire. You've got arrows being fired. You've got everything. And the it's kid just, in the wheelchair going, the electric wheelchair going around with the rope yeah. tying her to the thing. And, they get, and it builds all the way up to, like, you know, they've got them ready to be burnt. And you just have, you just hear the... She lights the yeah, matches like, oh, yeah. and you get and you're just yep. like, yeah, you're like, I'm totally okay with her burning this child to death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally Dang. fine. Played for laughs. This whole movie is played for laughs and it's like infanticide and murder and yeah. all these other things. And you go, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, and, it's it, and it is it is it is it's like it's so funny yeah it's like a comic and it, i mean i know that originally the adam like he charles adams had that uh like the new newspaper comic but uh mm-hmm. it's so it just it's so funny it's so dark and morbid but you're right there's such a loving and caring family that you can just kind of look past all that yeah well let's yeah. let's also i mean the fact that we've been talking as long as we have about this movie without barely mentioning joan cusack Ooh, right yeah. to come into adam's family movie and it's Joan Cusack, and she's like so funny and so crazy and such a psycho and so hot as yeah. well. Isn't like Joan Cusack a hottie in this? Smoke show on this. Yeah. <laughs> it makes like, no sense. So she comes in. All right. So if you haven't seen the movie, they're in need of like a nanny, as you could have. There's been sort of 
things going on with the kids and um she turns up and all of the other nannies, Cynthia Nixon. The interview, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You've got all the interviews with the other with the other ones, but she comes in, but you quickly sort of see, um, was it America's Unsolved Mysteries or something yeah, like that? With Peter Graves or something yeah. like that. It's a, it's yes. a show, but yeah. Peter and Graves, uh, so it good. basically is talking about this sort of, this murderer, like whatever her name is, the spider or something like that. But she, uh, she marries rich men, murders them on their wedding night and disappears. And so... You're like, all right, okay, we go. And we'll she's go. sitting there watching her on this show, like eating chocolate. She's like, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. And she's so like, but she... soon enough, the money runs out and it cuts to like $4 on the dresser. Yeah. And it shows all of her disguises on the wall and it pauses on Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's such a silly gag. Like she changes her disguise every so often, but it's, oh my God. Oh my it's God. That's so of course she movie. Picks it's like the genesis to all these murder podcasts was this movie. she takes a a shine to festa um and of course it's the reason they end up getting sent to summer campus because when um wednesdays she's getting suspicious they're getting suspicious of her they don't like you know what she's doing um so she manipulates things to get sent off you know which is again hilarious um she even wins over a thing things finger and he just, walks around on so the hot. floor why would you put that finger in your mouth <laughs> it's so gross oh i love it in, in or you're forgetting the fact that it's a severed hand that's yeah idea. exactly that's that? the one thing yeah. that's unrealistic will she's like, i'm good with my hands <laughs> fucking great it's the hand so acting though it's so good, good. Yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. it's just it's so good. There, well, he, there's a scene, it's such a throw. It's like I just noticed so many more gags in this because I'm, I'm just like more aware of them. Where Fester is like, now he falls in love with Debbie. She's beautiful. Meanwhile, Debbie's clearly there for his money, but he's talking to Gomez, who's like this amazing romantic and he's like maybe he's like i'm hoping i want what you have i want hopefully there's a woman out there for me and he goes well there's always thing and like (laughs) it's assumed that thing and then it cuts the thing and he's just like oh fuck please no i can't jerk him off anymore so fucking but like in my adult brain i'm like oh that's what that joke means right oh god yeah this is the first time i caught that as well and then uh, that, and then the PS of that scene is where they're looking through the magazine. They get to fold out. And they're like, "Oh, mom!" mom. <laughs> Jesus, it's so fucking good. It's so, so good. Much. <laughs> uh, it did just make me want to immediately put on the first one. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. As well, but it's like it's quite fun that when all right, so Debbie kind of steals him away. Um, they're living in their ridiculous mansion. They've got him in that white suit and the wig. And oh keeps, god it's yeah, horrifying she keeps trying that's the most horrifying part of the whole movie he's like no yeah no yeah um, yeah she's she like it, it itches and, she, and she's like wait just let the scab fall off or like <laughs> wait, wait for the scab to fall off <laughs> it's, it's like, a credenza i just know this movie <laughs> fucking front to back joan cusack can deliver any line it's like like i said my it's missus so malibu barbie it's <laughs> Like monsters and <laughs> they're watching this she's yeah. like that takes me back i love it i love it it's yeah. so good it's so so but good. she keeps trying to kill fester and of course fester's basically invulnerable like um like uh, you know electrocuting him in the tub and then he's got the the, the classic light bulb, light bulb yeah she tries to blow and she's doing that whole she set the 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 bomb and, and fester's like oh it's a bomb you know and she's like wait what <laughs> he's oh, like, when, she, when he's in the 
the hot tub or the bathtub and she's like, I bought this collection of 500 greatest lovemaking songs. He goes, what's this one called? She goes, 438, <laughs> something like that. It's just a number. It's so good. It's so good. I love the plot of this. She's like, she's just trying to get to get to his money. She wants to kill him. That's her MO, but he's unkillable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, she's a perfect member of the Adams family because she's a serial killing psychopath. Yeah. But she's like, no. Yeah. But like, again, uh, it gets to the point where it gets to the point where she's got all of them tied up um, right. in the slideshow. Yeah, <laughs> she does the slideshow. She shows all the different murders. I love the bit where it's like, what is it that he's like, you know, raise your hands. And then everyone's like, oh, they're all struggling. <laughs> Did any of you really love me? Hands? hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this movie is amazing. Even, even, it, it, even your, uh, the thing is like, he's handed like this with like a around his yeah. Weird. And you can like sometimes see into his like handhole. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that yeah I don't like that. But. What's yeah, it makes no sense to me. But <laughs> that's special it. effects, baby. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, these these movies like I remember that being it was um, it was pretty, pretty legit. Um, we did have, yeah, David Hyde Pierce, Delivery Room Doctor. He had Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. Yes. Cook him, cook, cook him, cook him and book him. No, <laughs> they're making love right now. You don't say. It's like he's whole so good. I mean, he's in that movie for thirty seconds, and he's absolutely crushes it. Tony yeah. Shaloub is in it as well. There's yeah, as the macho like, man burned into my seared uh, into my brain. Where they're they're all like fawning over her, and she's like, "I'll be right back. It's my honeymoon." And she leaves, and then the the woman serving at the bar walks up, and they all start dancing with her, and she's just like. Ah. <laughs> It's like packed to the gills with visual gags. It's so good. That's why I love this movie. I think I love this movie so much more than the original because like my, just my young brain, it was just like overstimulated. Whereas Mm -hmm. the first one's a little bit darker and a little more, a little bit more morbid where this Mm -hmm. one is just really so much more fun and funny. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot of comedy. I mean, it got significantly better reviews than the first film, which is what they claim. But I'm like, I think they're both great. I love the first one because it's like, but it's, I think part of it was the frustration of it being so long until we got Fester, until we actually got the family. Yeah. yeah. I found that as sort of like a frustration where in the second one, you've just got the Adams family being the yeah. Adams family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're, just, they're all like, back. They're in all. their groove for sure. I still don't yeah. understand the plot of the first one that how, how he is the actual Uncle Fester. I know you said that there's, there's like a throwaway line and I've seen this movie for the last fucking 30 years, but... <laughs> I'm like, there, there's like he, a very, very quick. Like he fell away. off a boat. Like I, it's just, it makes no sense. But it, I'm, it I'm willing to look like past that because the man can light up a light bulb from his mouth. I mean, Christopher Lloyd in, in these in this role is just a force of nature. He's just incredible. <clears throat> it is funny yeah. that both these movies are like, you know, fester centric. Um, mm-hmm. But Christopher Lloyd is so good that I just do not care. It's just, it works. Yeah, the scene. Um, they all go out to dinner. They go on the double date together. <laughs> the, big, the breadsticks, right? <laughs> the, the, that, and then when Morticia and uh, Joan Cusack they go, they 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 go into the bathroom to powder, and then she's like cleaning. She's like, <laughs> she, he's like, does he normally throw up with, with women he likes? He's like, no, just you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, you got, you got. Do you think he likes me? He's like, of course, he threw up. He vomited. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's just the, the comedic okay. genius way of like he's sticking the breadsticks up his nose and then she turns around and then he looks like he struggles, struggles to get them back in and then she's already turned around again. And just his comic timing with two it's breadsticks good. Oh my God, up his so nose 
And I'm like, oh, fuck, this movie's so good. Yeah. I'm Best so glad. Say, say goodbye to Debbie, and he runs up to the stairs. He's like, bah, 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 and he just, ah. yeah. <laughs> Love that bit. That's, I was like, he's like a child. Like he's so. It, that was like the, I quote that noise as well. Yeah, <laughs> and she when she's like when he find out he's a virgin and she's like, uh, he's like he's like uh, having sex. He's like, how do you know we're not having it right now? And she's like, well, I because <laughs> he creeps on his fucking brother and her his wife. It's so fuck. This family is so absolutely fucked, and I love them so much. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, oh my god, the bit where uh, Gomez, because when um, the child gets sick by becoming normal and yeah. having like blonde hair and rosy cheeks. Blonde curl, it's crazy. You've got like Gomez, swing low, swing <laughs> It's <child."> so insane. <laughs> my yeah, husband is, Gomez. And he's dying? He, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whenever Gomez gets like emotionally distressed in these movies, he just goes into like a fugue state each time and it's just, it's just a testament to how, it, it's just a testament to, to like how good Raul Julia is in this is such an iconic role yeah you know? oh yeah absolutely crushes it this movie is a treasure from beginning to end it's all about family it's all about Thanksgiving um though there is one movie famous for Thanksgiving home for the um, holidays too <laughs> Terrifying More three. holidays um, <laughs> Written, directed, produced by the legendary John Hughes Another great talent that we lost far too early Let's talk about 1987's Planes, Trains and Automobiles Starring Steve Martin and John Candy Now, I have an interesting relationship with this movie Because I saw it when I was quite young now, I saw it when I was quite young When I know John Candy from Uncle Buck and The Great Outdoors, where I know Steve Martin from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and all these sort of movies that I've seen. And I know John Hughes from Ferris Bueller's Day Off and, and the Weird Science and stuff like that. So I remember watching Planes, Trains and Automobiles too young and being like, not getting it. Mm. Finding it kind of a bummer, a bit of a downer, kind of frustrating. Whereas you watch it now, you watch it at our age and it's, um, it's a treasure of a movie. What is your guys' like relationship with this movie? When the first time you saw it and things like that? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I was probably around a similar age, too, and went through a very, very similar thing. Like, I, I, this movie just didn't connect with me when I was a kid because I didn't get it. And watching this now, it's just like an hour and 40 minutes of pure anxiety. <laughs> like, <laughs> crippling, crippling anxiety from the opening of him in the meeting. Yeah. To the very end, it's just my makes my fucking blood boil. It's it perfect. Doesn't take perfect the movie. foot off the gas, really, does no. it? From the very, very beginning. What about you, Will? When was the first time you saw it? I actually saw this a little bit later. I saw this, I think, when I was in junior high um, with my dad, and so I had already done a little bit of traveling by then. I'd already been on a plane and stuff like that, and gone to visit family back in Buffalo. So I so. A little bit of it connected. And my dad, when I was a kid, would travel a lot. And so would always come back with travel stories. So I connected with it a little bit better. It wasn't so – obviously now that I'm an adult and I've had all these issues <laughs> like trying to travel, it, it's, it works even better. But uh, no, I, I still found it really funny like as a kid and also just because I, I just think John Candy just can't not yeah. be funny. And, and Will, your dad is a uh, shower curtain ring salesman, correct? <laughs> yes <laughs> he's he's moved up he's starting to sell shower curtains now but oh, you know, wow. back then there was uh there are lots of sort of john hughesian ferris bullerian 
um, yeah. sort of home illusion. A lot, a lot of good, a lot of good eye work in this movie. Yeah. Like, but you got yeah, like Ferris Bueller's dad is in the office yeah. at the yeah. beginning. From the the secretary at the school yeah. is working at the car rental place. And this the was this was before this was before Ferris Bueller, right? This is the year before. I, I remember looking at seven. Yeah, wasn't or was the year Ferris after eighty six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I, I forget if it was before or after, but yeah, it's crazy. Like. This movie seems so much earlier in his career compared to like Ferris Bueller. Like Ferris Bueller seems so much more modern than this mm-hmm. movie. The but interesting yeah. thing about this one is that it's R-rated. And it's yeah. R-rated for, I think, one scene. only one scene. <laughs> yeah. It is the best, most quotable scene. And in it feels like, even yeah. it feels almost out of place seeing it in the context of this movie. It's, <laughs> it's also jarring just to hear Steve Martin going on a fucking tirade. It's, it's, yeah, so it's glorious. It's we'll so we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, Let's yeah, set up real quickly. Is It's a very simple premise. Uh, mm. Steve Martin is an ad executive uh, in New York, needs to get back to his family in Chicago two days before Thanksgiving. Uh, kind of like Ryan says, from that moment, it just starts a constant sort of like stream of bad luck for Steve Martin. He trips over this, this huge case that's very recognizable that then ends up stealing his cab that guy stealing his cab is john candy and then he keeps bumping into john candy he doesn't get on first class he's sitting next to john candy gets to know him the flight gets diverted to wichita and so starts just so many comedic things that go wrong oh my god like now that i'm having like fucking ptsd flashbacks of them in the hotel room it's literally every my blood is boiling just thinking about their relationship and john candy is so big and beautiful and sweet and caring (laughs) but in in this he's just so like i'm curious to think like are we all steve martin in this movie like do do, do people watch this through the lens of steve martin's the asshole and john candy's like i don't see what the big problem is like (laughs) it's it's both isn't it because it's like because john candy is the worst but also really nice and the best and Steve Martin is a bit of cynic. He's just, he's angry and he's, and he, like, so John Candy's character brings sort of the heart out in Steve Martin. And, like, Steve also sort of helps sort of, like, John Candy's character realize, okay, I am having an effect on these yeah. people. But at the same time, he's I like who I am. My wife yeah. likes who I am. My customers like who I am. And he is quite an, an affable guy. But at the same time, you're on a plane next to him and he starts taking his socks off. Oh, my dog's And he starts, you know, I'm watching this and I know all these things are triggering Ryan like crazy. The one bit I wanted to call you, but is he's getting out of the shower and the bathroom in the hotel is disaster. Every single, look at Ryan's face. Every single towel is soaked on the floor. And it's that one shot of his toe kind of going onto the soaking bathroom floor. And he's got this tiny little little tea towel. It's, it's, I was going, I bet Ryan wanted to jump out the window. That's not nearly as worse as the next day when they, like, they, oh my God, fucking this movie. It drives me. It, it like it it has a visceral effect on my on my mental health when he goes in to wash his face and he just does this and he look down at this, the disgusting water when the, the, he dries his face off in his fucking underwear and he's I'm like oh my god and he spills like you don't even see it happen but John Candy spills the beer in the bed like it's it's everything it's like it it how can it possibly go this far and it fucking does. And it keeps going. And, and it keeps, keeps going. I, yeah. I like the little, like, it's, you know, 
the 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 hint of comedic homophobia, but again, not in any way. Oh, yeah. uh, insecure man. Oh, so they wake like up and they're snuggling, and like John Candy's kissed his ear, and he realizes his hand is between his butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> those aren't pillows. I mean, those, those aren't pillows. Icon- one of the most iconic lines in this fucking movie. And they he jump like, out the bed. So good, but I don't understand how the crew got through shooting without like just dying of laughter. Yeah, every shoot. Yeah. He and he, I was because of course I'm looking on the IMDb trivia page, but they he shot like this was a three and a half hour film shot on an insane amount of film. Like, give me that cut. I need. I'm like, but then I'm yeah. like. I don't know if I need more of this to yeah. go completely insane. I don't think yeah. you could take much more. I think it's no. just the right amount of stress because every single thing goes wrong. Yeah. So be it, they're on the plane, it gets diverted. They have to go to a motel. They've only got one room. And this is, again, um, it's this is John Candy's character helping out Steve Martin's character. And then you see the moment very near the beginning of the movie yeah, where their credit cards get switched. So that goes wrong. Then that they end up on a train, but the train breaks down. So every time Steve Martin tries to get away... From uh-huh. Gil, that's, that's his name, right? Gil. Del. 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 Um, Del. Tries to get away from Del. Situations kind of bringing them together. And the thing is, at the same time, Steve Martin's, well, I don't want to be a dick. So, yeah, I'm going to go help this guy. And, uh, and then, <laughs> but it gets to the point of, I mean, they've been on buses. They've been, you know, the train's broken down. But they get to sort of the rental car place. And these, once again, Steve Martin has figured out how, okay, I'm going to get away. You know, I'm going to go on my own. He gets dropped off on the ass end of nowhere and his rental car is not there. And you get that great scene of him walking down a highway, slipping down the side, literally crossing a runway, which is again, pre 9-11 kind of like stuff. You you can't do do that. (laughs) Utter insanity. But it sets up the best, the best scene of fucks in the history of movies where, again, like I said, you watch this whole movie, cut that scene out. It's basically PG-13. Yeah. But you put oh, this yeah. one scene in because he's like, no, I want Steve Martin, I want Neil's character to be driven so far past the yeah. point of that he just, you can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking And cheek. she even does the same thing where she like scratches her head with the pencil she yeah. does on like Ferris Bueller. And it, it's glorious Perfect. delivery from Steve Martin. He's just so angry, so frustrated. And <laughs> she's like... Can I see your rental like agreement? He goes, I threw it away. She's like, Oh, you're fucked. They think yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, guys, if you're listening at home, just fire up YouTube and watch that. <laughs> watch that fucking yes. scene. It's iconic. It is, it's incredible. Perfect. But then he ends up in a rental car with Dell once again, um, which again sets up some of the best, the best comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. In in the movie is is <laughs> where where the car ends up going the wrong way down. This movie heart. is my waking nightmare. <laughs> Every like, and I've seen this movie many many times, but for some reason, watching it this week, like pre Thanksgiving, mm. was making my blood boil like uh, i don't know what it was the whole re- the car scene like everything that happened like i it's a it's a perfect movie i'm just gonna say it. it's a perfect movie mm-hmm. it's insane how this got made and every step of the way it just gets progressively it's a fucking roller coaster every like every time they enter a new mode of transportation yeah it's a, it's it's a roller coaster but that roller coaster was a spiral 
that constantly yeah. goes down. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just gets worse and worse. Like, for example, they're driving the wrong way on the highway, and I love this bit where the guy's in the car next to them, and they're going, you're going the wrong way. And like, how would they even know where we're going? Yeah, yeah. yeah and even Steve, like you can tell, like they're, they're like through all of this, they're still like bonding a bit here and there. Like they 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 become symbiotic. Mm-hmm. But like, how how are they going down the wrong way to the highway? Oh my god! Well, you got John Candy breaking the fucking seat. Then you've got Steve Martin switching and sitting in the seat and getting smashed. Then you got John Candy smoking chain smoking cigarettes, listening to uh, Miles Davis. The cigarette goes in the back. You in a blink and you'll miss it. Doing like the piano thing. It's just some fantastic. Again, every step of this is making my skin crawl because yeah. <laughs> I am Steve Martin in the, this movie. The physical comedy of John Candy in the scene where he's managed to hook both of his wrists oh my God. arms on the, and he's trying to drive. And I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen, but when he hooks the second one, I literally go, oh no. You know? <laughs> just, just yeah, almost but, impossible that he managed to figure out how to do it. It's so good. <laughs> and he can't and get his arms out of the jacket. And, oh, <laughs> steering, with his, steering with his feet. His, his yeah. knees. And then leading to like them going between the semis. Is oh like, my God. Even as a kid, it was like my favorite that part. That terrified me. It's like that scene, <laughs> I was just at the right age. It was like that scene and the large Marge scene in um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, traumatizing. <laughs> like the, the flashes to them as skeletons. Yeah. And then him just going between the car, screaming, and then cutting to him as the devil. Oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> One of the funniest <laughs> shots in movie history. I was just, even watching it this last time, I'm like in tears. Like, <laughs> so funny. It's so, <laughs> like, like it's, Will, no offense, that would be a fantastic Halloween costume. I thought about it. I thought, especially now you I got, got the stash. stash yeah, I'm like, I kind of, maybe ah. I should keep that in mind. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a great, I mean, you're right, because they set up, you know, they're going the wrong way, and then we get that just almost, just, it's an empty highway and two trucks. And so they set, he sets the sort of, like, the stakes of it. We don't get that payoff for another 90 seconds, but you know it's coming. Now, if you're not, if you're listening to the podcast, Ryan was literally covering his face with stress just then. <laughs> but yeah, it's that so bit, crazy. They're it's going so between crazy. the cars and then they're both skeletons. And it's funny because it was at Thanksgiving, just the day after Thanksgiving, we're over at brother-in-law's house and it was the second home alone. And they mm-hmm. do the same thing where he's getting electrocuted and just and he's screaming more and more and suddenly he's screaming as like a skeleton. Oh, is that the second? That's the second one. Okay. That's the yes. second one. Yeah. I thought it was the first one too, but it is yeah. the second one um, because I watched it just the other day. Um, but it's just comedy gold. And then, yeah, like you said, before all of this, before catching his wrists, before, you know, the playing of, before driving the wrong way and before meeting up with the trucks, it's set up that his cigarette. Yeah. Had gone into and the back. So much happens that you completely forget about that. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a brief, I, there's a brief shot where you see like smoke coming out of the back, like when they're <laughs> kind of calmed down or something, but it's wild to me. And then, yeah, suddenly. Yeah, the like, I know, and even before all of that, he's like, hey, I'm putting my wallet in the glove box. Don't let me forget. <laughs> yeah. You know, as an audience member, you're just yeah. like, you're just uh, like, no, don't do that. Fucking Chekhov's wallet, man. Uh, the bit where he tries to check into the motel with his, like, his melted cards. <laughs> and another, like, Another great thing about this movie and every like every character is so like perfectly fit into this John Hughes universe, much like you would see in like a Coen's brother, a Coen brothers movie. Like everyone just it doesn't matter how brief their screen time is. It just works in this world. I would say. Except for one character, there's one character in this movie that I think is kind of strangely miscast, weirdly out of place. 
not used enough, and I bet a lot of the cutting room floor was covered in, but it's the wife. The yeah. wife mm. is barely in the movie. She's like, the stakes, you would just cut back to it every now and again, and she looks miserable. Yeah. But it's like, there's no, there's no anything to her character. They're not wise. You know, when she hugs him at the end, there's a tear runs down her face, and I go, yeah. why? I think it's just, it, it puts more emphasis on like the ticking clock of the whole situation. Right. Like, to that's what I'm saying. I, I understand it as the ticking yeah. clock. I just feel like she's used in it, she's presented in a different yeah. way on screen. That for me, it's always a bit of a standout. I mean, they could have. It's a good point. You know, I also don't know who that person is. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think they could have cast any sort of famous, famous 80s mum and it would have done better. In my, so my run, my yeah. one yeah. tiny fair. thing about this movie is that. That's fair. But it's such that's a fair. tiny thing because her role is minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Matthew, Matthew Lawrence has more lines in this movie. Yeah. She yeah. gets back a couple times, and that's about it. Do I get noogies? <laughs> Money plays Matthew Lawrence. Very cute. And then yeah. he's like, and his, his line is like, I would prefer noogies. You know, it's so like, cute. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah, <laughs> sad kid wants noogies. Yeah. I can't believe Adam Driver lost the role to Matthew Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you understand why, though. It's the whole noogies delivery, I think, yeah. is yeah. is right there. Adam Driver would grow into his noogie delivering, I right. think, you know, with Kylo In Ray. Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's another random scene I really enjoy, um, which shows John Candy is a really good salesman. Well, I see, what's one is you realize that anytime he meets anyone, they know him and like him. And he's got a connection everywhere, all across the country. Oh, I know a guy. He's going to be able to give us a lift. I know a guy who's going to be able to get us on this train. I know a guy that will put us up in his motel. So you can tell that one, okay, it gives you these little context clues as to he travels a lot. He's a very amiable guy. People do like him, but it's the salesman bit Mm -hmm. where they need cash. And I think they're in the bus station or something like that. But he's um, selling um, the rings, these shower curtain rings as earrings to people. And he's like, oh, this is the sign, this, that, and the other. This one, no, that makes you look at least 18 years old. And he's just making (laughs) money hand over fist. And I love that little scene of just like going, well, Dell is actually an exceptionally good salesman. For such an insane product too. Like what is he, like the pitch, like what is he going to be a traveling salesman for? Shower curtain rings? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Everybody needs him. Uh, yeah. Know, he good. pulls that thing out of his pocket and he's got that like, you know, yeah, that, the little thing. The thing. Oh. Even like, so you catch the beginning when Steve Martin like looks down and the cab is gone. As you see that puddle, there's shower curtain rings in it. Oh, Such a blink God. and you'll miss it thing. Yeah. I mm-hmm. did miss that. Also the blink and you miss it right before that of racing for a cab against Kevin Bacon. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I so forgot. Funny. I completely forgot that Kevin Bacon was in this movie. Yeah. And then I think later on, the wife is watching on TV. She's got oh fuck, what's the? It's a John Hughes Kevin Bacon movie. I can't remember what it was, but it's another like kind of Easter egg for that. There's also um, Ben Stein turns up as well. So Bueller. good, oh, yeah, yeah, Euler, yeah. Um, it's uh, and then oh god, <laughs> so. But you get that fun bit, so we catch up where we were. So the house, the car blows up, and then there's that fun scene of the guys drinking and just bonding. And and it's just that, that bit where they kind of become mates um, again, because they're kind of constantly in and out, in there, in there. And then the next morning, they back the car into the motel and then run off. In like, so they've destroyed the motel room, and then they get pulled over by the cops with their car. Michael McKean, yeah. Yeah, Michael McKean, exactly. It's another incredible. Oh my god! He's in this movie for like ninety. Se- he's like in this movie for ninety seconds, crushing yeah. it. But but then it sets up that end, 
You know, it's like, it's the thing that everyone remembers because it's that you've been so annoyed and so much and so stressed out and you finally get back to Chicago and, and like uh, Neil, Steve Martin's character says to Dale, well, you know what, you, you did get me home uh, for the holidays. He, he jumps on the train, um, he's on the L and he suddenly starts playing back things and it's th little things that, again, you've noticed but didn't notice throughout the movie. And it's like Dell saying, you know, oh, my wife loves me, but he's like, I haven't been home for years. And then he just starts putting two and two and two together and he makes eight. And he sort of, you see him turn around, go back to the train, look for him, try and find him and finds Dell sitting, I think, in another bus station. And he's like, what's up? And he's like, yeah, my wife died eight years ago. I'm basically homeless. Um, I don't have a home. I'm alone. And I just traveled the country. And Wait, uh, he's home alone? <laughs> Wait, he's no, not, it's, oh sorry, not to it's yeah. the exact opposite <laughs> i mean it's the absolute gut punch of that i mean you watch it now and you know and you like you can kind of pick up on those little things here and there but it, it's such a like heartbreaking moment and it it's such a beautifully done thing for such like a for as stressful as this movie was to have that like oh okay that kind of you cathart so hard as you say Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's um it's it's lovely yeah you know and then you get that bit where it's them walking down the street to kevin McAllister's home um yeah. <laughs> it's definitely in the same neighborhood as yeah. that and the house from it looks almost identical it's crazy. it looks so so close yeah the wet bandits definitely robbed it um <laughs> but like yeah. yeah they're walking down both holding that giant trunk i always wondered what was in that trunk like his wife's body Sh shower curtain rings <laughs> <laughs> his whole fucking life apparently apparently yeah mm -hmm. um and yeah they just they go in he introduces him to his kids and to his all of his parents and his parents-in-law and then his wife and it's just <laughs> lovely and you just get this lovely like so well, warm yeah. well shit what a hug that was and it's kind yeah. of like i guess in a way very reflective of thanksgiving yeah but sometimes you get that drama you get the stress of travel for sure um whatever plans you think you're gonna have they kind of go a bit tits up there's gonna be a lot of arguing here and there but when it comes down to it you know it just what's really important in when it yeah. comes down to it and let's all just have a day together that it it's is so like beautifully sweet yeah yeah it's, it's to me this is great movie. to me this is like the because even even though you don't see anything there's no mention like there's no like iconography that it is thanksgiving i guess you'd see the thanksgiving day parade right now they, they mentioned you know thanksgiving yeah. a few times but it's, it's not like thanksgiving it's, it's i know like, you get that it's that it's at the core of it but you don't you don't see a lot of it it's it's more or less like a road trip movie yeah but mm -hmm. it still is to me like the quintessential thanksgiving movie even though this movie put me in therapy <laughs> still like well, it's just it's i think perfect i think everybody on some level can relate to like something that happened in this definitely Definitely. You know, like my dad was watching it with me and he was having the same reaction as you, Ryan. He was just like, everything that happened in the movie, my dad's like, this has happened to me. I've been in this situation. Like every scene, he's oh my like, gosh. I've been traveling with somebody who's a coworker who I barely know. All of a sudden we're stuck in like the same hotel room. And, you we know, burned, it, we burned a car. We burned a car. <laughs> he just, everything my dad was like, you know, I've gone to the rental car lot where they bust me out. My car has not been there. He's like, that's happened. So just every single thing my dad's like, 
I can't take this movie. It's, it's, <laughs> it's triggering, man. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, and I didn't catch this. There is a post-credit scene. Did you guys see the post-credit scene? I don't remember. No. no. Is this where Nick Fury enlists? Uh, yes. Daniel? He tells <laughs> them about the Avengers Initiative. That's it. Um, no, it's, it goes all we're gonna need. He says, we're going to need a bigger boat because they don't have any boats <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Napoleon. Um, it's um, the guy from the very beginning, first scene, the the client that can't decide. Oh, his boss. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. It, it cuts back to that guy with a half-eaten Thanksgiving meal next to him, still trying to decide. That's great. <laughs> Perfect. As a as a creative person, that meeting that immediately like sent me into a fucking tailspin. Yeah, because I'm sitting there. He's looking. It's and it's shot like in that perfect John Hughes way with these inserts and close-ups where he like he looks at his watch. Great, like for for thinking, like he ends up giving his watch away um, mm-hmm. to get that to get the motel room. He looks at the plane ticket. He looks at the time. He looks at his business partner, and he's like. He's like mouthing it. And Ferris Bueller dad, he's just blissfully unaware. He's like, what? (laughs) You're going to miss the six. (laughs) Just fucking. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where the client sits forward and they all sit forward. And then he sits back and they all sit. It's just like, you reminded me actually of that great, the great John Candy moment where. So, yeah, Steve Martin's character has got him a hotel, a motel room by selling or giving away his watch. And John Candy's character, like, I got a, yeah, yeah, a Casio, yeah. and then he kind of yeah, puts it along his arm. <laughs> yeah. it's so funny. But, I mean, just the even when the the um, after all that in the beginning, when he finally gets to the airport and sees John Candy again, and like the realization is he knows who it was, and it it's it's just John Candy sitting in the airport with a cab door, and he just does the the, the shocked <laughs> face. <laughs> I mean, that face is um, like I love this movie so much, but I absolutely hate how it makes me feel most for most of it. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. It, you are the very first time you watch it, so frustrated. Yeah. Whereas when you watch it again, you can go along for the ride, the frustration ride. Disagree. Hard disagree. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, now I think about it because we've got John Hughes, John Candy, Raul Julia. You know, all of these yeah. guys that we lost too early, and I think you know, let's let's also. Focus on the in um, Home for the Holidays, how close we got to losing Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. At that age. Can you imagine the, you know, to see where that career went and to see how close. I mean, I'll never forget. It's like when he's in the, it's clip from him when he was in court. And he's like, it's like, um, I'm, I've got a shotgun in my mouth and I'm addicted to the taste of the barrel or something like that. It's like, it's the way he described it. It's like, so yeah, I mean, like, in all these movies, you've got that little sort of like, we lost Raul Julia, it's such a tragedy. You lost John Hughes, John Kenny, such tragedy. And it's like, I guess that one little thing is like, we almost lost RGJ, RDJ. Yeah. So we've got this little little dark link through all of that. Mm. That's my way of bringing everybody up yeah. here at the Beautiful. end of the Well done. I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> well, I was just like, <laughs> Thanksgiving, <laughs> everybody. Thank God for Robert Downey Jr. Be stuff. grateful for what yeah. you have. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so, I mean, let's just get into get into the meat of this of like you know not just the meat and potatoes but let's get into the sweet potatoes and the the turkey and the stuffing and the gravy and the ham and the of it all um oh, i'm just thinking about i didn't eat enough pie mm. um i said what is the best thanksgiving meal for me 
Um, home for the holidays can fuck off and die. I'm just going to scribble that one out. <laughs> so, but that movie was, I paused halfway through convinced it must nearly be over. And there was like an hour to go. And I'm like, this is going to be the longest hour of my life. Yeah. Um, but also thanks for bringing that, Ryan. Really appreciate it. <laughs> I, tried, I wanted to round, I wanted to round it out. You did. What was and I going we'll, to pick? Spider-Man? <laughs> uh, you should, I mean, you know. Well, it'd be cool. Exactly. Uh, I almost went with Spider-Man. That counts. You know, it's got it's just as much Thanksgiving in it as Adam's well, family. I wasn't. I, my, if, I know we're, we're jumping ahead to our other picks, but I wasn't about to make you all go and spend money to watch Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I would have. I would have gone with it. Poultry guys. Oh my god. Why oh, did we go? Poultry guys. Poultry guys. Poultry guys. Yeah. And thanks, thanks killing. Thanks yeah. killing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. There's not holiday. a lot of like, I mean, listen, Christmas always steals the show. There's not a ton of great like Thanksgiving movies out there. You know, there's movies with Thanksgiving scenes, but there's not mm-hmm. a lot of Thanksgiving movies. The, I agree. You've got, yeah, you've got that T- Eli Roth's uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, you have Friendsgiving. You've got, um, you've got males got a scene. Um, right. It's kind of like, you know, I think you're, oh, there's something called that. Yeah. Even Knives Out, I wouldn't say. Right. Is any of that sort of kind of more of a vibe than an actual? I mean, that that was kind of like the tough thing is you know, Thanksgiving is unfortunately, and I I will say like watching Home for the Holidays. One reason I am glad I watched it, it gave me an idea, and I'll share it with you guys afterward. Gave me an idea for a movie that I now want to do, and I was thinking about that while I was watching the movie. I'm like, oh wait, what if we did this? So I'm actually glad I watched Home for the Holidays because now it inspired an idea. That's like it, I went home, like I went and I like scribbled down, like, oh, this is what I want to do. You were well, get some right. Die hard at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> then literally that. Nothing yeah. else. Starring Holly Hunter and Christina Ritchie. Um yeah. there's a few son-in-law, <laughs> Holly Shaw. Yeah, I was I was talking about that. If yeah. it was streaming on something, I probably would have because the, I mean it's in similar vein, like, yeah, it kind of revolves around going home for Thanksgiving, but it's really not. It's just an excuse to watch a really fun Polly Shore Carla Gugino movie. There's the the object of my affection, Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd, uh, Thanksgiving, where she's got a crush on him, but he's gay. Um, she's the only straight person at the Thanksgiving party. Um, <laughs> I like this one, guys, because uh, we all love this movie. So technically, we could have gone with Denny Villeneuve's Prisoners. Um, because yeah, I saw that on the list. Like, the child yeah, is snatched know, on man. Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still have not seen it. I still have not seen Prisoners, and I own it. It's on my Blu-ray shelf. Well, I am just as guilty as you, because I had it in my Netflix queue for years. Um, I only watched it maybe two months ago, and it was because Ryan was like, dude, you know, because I've been actually going backwards through Denny Villeneuve, you know, Mm -hmm. because I really got him in Sakari, then I went forwards, and I got all the way forwards, and I've been going backwards through all his movies. So there's the one before that that I haven't watched either, which also has... Enemy. Hall. Enemies. Yeah, starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and a giant spider. Dude. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I play by a young Adam Driver. Uh, it's got two Gyllenhaals. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal and Jake Gyllenhaal. It's but I tell you, weird. Will, Will, that, mm-hmm. is, a, that is what you're yeah. doing today. Yeah. Watch Prisoners. It is, <laughs> wow, it is good. It is so good. It's hilarious. I I, <laughs> it's a comedy. It's Top starring, comedy. it stars Wolverine, <laughs> Mephisto, Mysterio, excuse me, and uh, the and the Riddler. Wow, <laughs> that time with Wolverine and Riddler. He's yeah. not wrong. It's like um, Pat Oswalt wrote this movie. Grumpy old man, Dutch yeah. with Ed O'Neill. Yeah. 
Ted, I, I did. Ted I did save that for when we do like a road trip. Our road trip movie, right? Yeah. I looked at Sense of a Woman. That is technically. Um, I do like that movie, but it, people do dog on it. Um, yeah, there was. There's. Okay. Exactly. There's more. There's more. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, guys, what are you guys thinking? Because for me, it's pretty much a slam dunk. Even. Even it's home for the holidays. Yep. <laughs> home for the same, holidays. Same page, buddy. Same page. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys um, think? I, I guys mean, think? listen, in, for the ethos of this podcast, the uh, it's got to be planes, trains, and automobiles. I mean, they go to, they're in multiple states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get multiple states. And the whole point is to get home for Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yes. Um, which is something like, like everybody can relate to. And as much as I love Adam's Family Values, like I, I love both Adam's Family movies, like they're yeah. fantastic. Um, it really is just the one incredible scene. Um, but yeah. it's historically it, accurate. <laughs> historically accurate. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I got to go with Planes, Trains, and because I just think it's more universal experience. Yeah. And um, and and a perfect film. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think as well, um, I'm also just very thankful for this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's great. I do just really enjoy the adventure we go on in these movies, but it was also just, it was wonderful to watch two of these three movies this week. <laughs> like I said, if you picture Home for the Holidays takes place immediately after Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, it makes it a much better movie. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's um, like the worst post credit sequence ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and also, and I, I mean, I just did I just enjoyed watching very beautiful Holly Hunter throughout the entire movie. I guess. She was cool. She she's was on screen. I was like, okay, she's yeah, this movie's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, so there we have it. The official movie, according to the United States of a movie podcast that defines a state of thanks regarding Thanksgiving, the greatest Thanksgiving movie of all time until such time as we dig into that list we were just going through and bring something else to the table, be it turkey or ham. Planes, Trains and Automobiles is the movie that represents Thanksgiving here. Probably no massive surprise to everyone involved but one thing you should do if you've not seen it is go and watch planes trains and automobiles go and watch adam's family and adam's family values and avoid home for the holidays we're doing you a favor we jumped on that grenade for you but the question is where are we going next week guys i decided we're just going to start digging into some of these smaller states some of these other places we're gonna i honestly think this one's gonna be quite interesting um, I think Will's going to have a bunch for this one. We're going to go to the state of Maine. It's the Maine state. Top right-hand corner. That's where we're going. I only know that because mm-hmm. I've got a map of America open in front of me right now. <laughs> so I'm like, because there's someone. But I think Maine is where we're going to go. We're going to go to some new... Apparently, guys, there's a new England. Um, you know, I, I've always been from... A better England, some would yeah. say. I, I prefer the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're from, right, Ollie? <laughs> new England. Better than old England. <laughs> There's also a New Mexico. Um, so, yeah, guys, get your thinking caps on about Maine. Outside of that one, guys, uh, don't forget, you can always find us on our Facebook page, United States Movie. You can find us on Reddit. We do have a subreddit. You can find me online as Ollie Petru or as That Englishman in Texas. You can find Will as in titled Willennial. You can find Ryan's designs on Threadless, um, threadless.com slash Rhino, R-Y-N-O, digital, all one word, though that will become, uh, there will be a place to buy our merchandise in another place soon enough. Um, Please do 
bring those comments. I love it on my Monday videos. You're always giving me suggestions on where we should go, on movies that we should do, or on states we should return to because we were definitely wrong the first time, but we love it. We love interacting with you guys. We love doing this podcast. We can't wait to see you guys next week. Will, Ryan, thank you guys. Like I said, I am thankful for you. I'm thankful for this podcast. Um, And I'm looking forward to what weird movies we find from the state of Maine next week. So from me, from Will, from Ryan, to all of us, for all of you there uh, who are watching or listening to us at home, uh, thank you once again for joining us to the United States of a Movie Podcast. (laughs) 